The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. It is Friday. It is the best day of the week. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Thank you for making the Swain event part of your morning. We are live from the Low T Center studio. It is time for Touchdown Turnover, back by Alcoa 10 Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates, and better service. All right, Ben, I got a good one for you today. You ready? Ben, are you ready for today's Touchdown Turnover? I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. All right. Tennessee's leading scorer tomorrow will be someone different than Santiago Vescovi versus Colorado. Uh, I'll say turnover. I think Bob Scovey is the best player on this basketball team. I think he is the player that I trust most. I think he is the player that's going to get the most shot attempts. So unless he just has a a bad day, then I, I – don't see him Something not being the leading scorer on the team. I think he's the best player on the team right now. Playing the best or is the best? The best right now. Both playing the best and is the best right now. Okay. I, I think Kennedy Chandler has the most potential and may end up being the the better player, the best player by the end of the season. But right now, I, I think it's. Bob Scovey with with what he's doing on both ends of the floor. God, that question is so it's so difficult. It's the playing the best versus being actually the best, mm-hmm. the most talented. Oh man, that's 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 always a roller coaster of a conversation and debate. Um, but I think Santi will lead the team in scoring tomorrow. He's averaging fifteen point five points per game. For for Tennessee, the I'm pull up, pulling up the, the 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 stats for Tennessee. Let y'all know who is uh, the second leading scorer for for Tennessee, and that is Kennedy Chandler at 14.3. Give me a touchdown. I think somebody else will step up and be the lead scorer for, for Tennessee. Who? Be bold. Go out on the limb. Be bold? Mm-hmm. Who's it going to be? John Fulkerson. How about that? Really? I, I really think it's going to be Kenny Chandler. But if you want me to be bold. Oh, well, I meant like bold as in really, really go all in on the touchdown or turnovers. And, and give us a person. Well, not 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 being bold is just picking the second leading scorer that is, you know, simply behind Viscovy by a point. Sounds like being smart to me. Yeah, I mean, but bold is taking a guy that has um, started the season, you know, rusty. We know that he is an All SEC Conference player. He has been, um, and John Fulkerson, but he's averaging eight points per game. That's more bold than picking uh, Chandler. Really want to go bold? I go Olivier because Olivier has a chance to 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 uh, when when Tennessee's playing four out one in and uh, the small lineup, man, he can really have a lot of room to operate in the post. So, I mean, if I want to be bold, I would go focusing or, or Cam Wild. But the safe pick of the leading scorer versus Colorado, Colorado outside of Ves- Vescovy would be. Kenny Chandler because he's going to handle the ball the most. Or is it Justin Powell? Hey, man. I can see Justin Powell. Against the zone. Uh, You're right. right. I I think someone else is going to be the leading scorer. I think uh, Santi is still going to do his thing. Uh, He's going to take shots. Like, he's going to put up... the most shots. But I just think that somebody else is going to lead Tennessee in scoring. And for me, I think that's Kenny Chandler. But 
Um, who knows, man? It might be Victor Bailey. He might go ham. Just take good shots, please, Victor. Victor may go Hamilton. Early a- on. A.K.A. He may go crazy for some of our people that don't follow the, the slang and stuff like that. Who is your favorite player on this basketball team as of today? Just a, a couple of games in, who is your favorite player? Ooh, that's tough, man. It's really hard not to pick Zakai Ziegler, man, just because of his story and his stature and how he plays and how he makes it work for for him. I mean, it's hard not to pick the small guy that balls out on the basketball court in the land of trees. Like it, but I, I like I like Santiago because I know the type of work that he's put in. Like it's been this is what's so cool about being a um, college. Sports fan, when you have a young man come into the program, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, whatever, um, the Lady Vol that comes to the program, whatever sport, and they play as a freshman, and you like they make some plays, but you see that they're young and they, and they struggle here and there, and a little timid, and maybe don't make as much plays, but then you see the progression from the freshman year to their sophomore year. And then you see the progression from their sophomore year to your junior year. It's so cool to see, man. Like, Viscovi? I'm going to say Viscovi for right now. He don't care. Bob. Scovy. His confidence level is so high right now. And confidence only comes from one thing. They come from hard work. Like, you're confident because you know you put the work in. You're confident because you know you're prepared. You're confident that because you know that if you miss nine, you're going to make the tenth one because you're going to shoot it. You're not hesitating because you have shot hundreds and hundreds of shots during the summer. You put the work in. You've outworked everybody else. You have experienced competition uh, at, at, the, at the world basketball level, at the global level. His confidence is so high right now because – he looks in the mirror. He sees that he's trimmer. He sees that, or he feels that he is in better shape, best shape of his life. Like seeing him confident, man, it's so cool to watch athletes in college grow and blossom and transform. In the football field, that'd be that'd be like Theo Jackson. Like to see him kind of come into his own. Like that was that was really cool. That was so cool. Yo, Cedric Tillman. Probably the best story on the team, using that example. Because you saw when he was a freshman why he only had a, a one offer, basically, the big-time program. Like You saw it. You saw it. You can sit here and pretend like, oh, man, he was like that all along, man. No, he wasn't. He wasn't like that all along. He got better. Because it clicked mentally. It clicked mentally for him. He just grew and grew and his confidence got better. Man, it's just, that's what's so cool to see following college. And I understand, like, how people love college more than pros. This is one of the reasons for me. Now, I do love pros, too, because I like seeing the sport play at the highest level by the best of the best. Like, it's remarkable to watch baseball and watch dudes be able to hit the ball that moves up and down and around at 95 miles per hour. That's amazing. Football players. You, you know, you, you 6'6", 280, and you run like a freaking gazelle. Like, that's, that's amazing. The throws we see from, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's – but there's something about college sports that the pro game just doesn't have. And this is so cool to see from Vescovy. I changed it up again. So It's, it's so cool to see. Him. I mean, he's – he don't hesitate shooting that ball. He don't, he don't look uncomfortable with pressure while he's handling the basketball. Defensively, yo, he's in your pocket now. Mm-hmm. He's in your pocket. And he got a little – he got a little oomph about him too. Got a little swagger to him. Oh, yeah. He'll elbow you right in your kidney. Yep. He's my favorite player. He, he is my favorite player for sure. I just – 
think he plays such an exciting brand of basketball and has that European flavor to it that us Americans don't don't see as often. And I, I like the European flavor to his game of of the slick passes and kind of going up in the air and passing when it doesn't get him in trouble. I mean, shoots the three ball, lights out. <laughs> That's obviously exciting. I always think it's going in when he shoots it. And uh, honestly, the last thing you said about him is what I like most about him. He's got he's got an edge to him. Yeah. He's he feisty. He's got an edge to him and, and won't back down from anybody. I'd, I'd say Bob is is my favorite player, although I think Josiah would give him a, a a lengthy run at that title as well. I just I love what Josiah Jordan James is about. It, it's not even about the basketball as to as to why Josiah would, would give Santiago a run for my favorite player. I just Josiah is as good of a person as you will meet. He he is just tremendous and the voice of the basketball team. He he is their leader, and it, it's impossible not to want Josiah Jordan James to do well just because you you feel so happy for him and, and just want him to succeed. So I'd say Josiah or, or Santi are my two favorite players on this team. It's man, this is a, this is a good problem to have when you can't pick one person because there's there's a bunch. Mm-hmm. And basketball you you get a chance to know the players a little bit more uh intimately rather than football, even though this year in football is probably the best year of knowing the players because of my show. Take my Brian Kelly approach. No. Uh, our new show, Tennessee Prime, has allowed people to really learn more about our players and uh, see a different side of them. It's hard to pick out one player that you, that you like more than the other. It's really hard for me. There's multiple guys on this basketball team that I like, and it's been that way for – for a couple of years now. 865-255-03. Iris Networks Hotline. 90 days no payment for business internet. Fiber internet and voice. A Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. That's Iris Networks. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making, content-creating video superstars. Show your mad skills. And create a video of why it's so important to keep Tennessee litter-free. It's the TSSAA No Trash November Student Video Contest. Sponsored by Nobody Trashes Tennessee. Go to nobodytrashestennessee.com slash TSSAA for details. High school and middle school students can submit their video and receive scholarships and prizes provided by TSSAA. Word, peace out. Is that still a thing? Am I being too cool for the school kids? Just asking. To freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee. But together, we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities. But we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. 
Voted best barbecue in City View Magazine and a top 100 barbecue restaurant in the country, Dead End is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering and local delivery with Valet Gourmet. That's right, you can have Dead End brought to you. Can't think of the spread for your next event? Get Dead End to cater it. Check them out online, deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865-448-IRIS. Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Did you know that there are over one million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways? One million pieces. That is really bad for the environment, but you can do something about it, though, folks. You can join the Nobody Trashes uh, Tennessee movement by simply going to nobodytrashestennessee.com. When you're playing an opponent, part of the lead-up is talking a little trash. Not just talking about the litter inside of the state of Tennessee, but actually talking trash to the opponent. In this case, it is Colorado. I'm sitting here trying to figure out, is Colorado basketball even relevant? When's the last time they were actually good? Well, the, f- the fact that they're in the Pac-12 tells you all you need to know about that. I mean... They're in a conference that supposedly has a network, but this network is nowhere to be found. It it apparently exists, but it's not on any television set anywhere. And quite frankly, I think it was a smart decision by the Pac-12 because if if I had a program as sorry as this Colorado basketball program, I'd put them on the Pac-12 network as well. They lost to Southern Illinois, Saluki. I mean, this is the same university in which the guy that couldn't even beat out Jared Garantano on the football field decided to transfer to. You, you just know how bad of a school you have to be to where the guy who couldn't even beat out Jared Garantano decided to transfer to your school. That's a pretty good point there. That is a, that is a, that is a really, really good point. And I realize that Tennessee's playing Colorado in basketball tomorrow and not football, but Swain, I know you teach your kids. I'll teach my kids one day. Guilt. By association. <laughs> That's right. You're defined by the people you hang around. That's right. You and are, this Colorado basketball team hangs around a sorry football program. That's right. You are an average of the five friends that you uh, have, the five people in your circle. You are an average of them. So um, you are correct. Colorado football is not that good. So we expect Colorado basketball to be 
Not that great either. Now, they did hang in with UCLA, but that's probably their best game of the year. Probably was their Super Bowl. They did lose to Southern Illinois. Uh, but come on, man. Like, really? How you how you give up 90 points to Montana State? 90 points to Montana State? How do you do that? How do you give up 76 points to New Mexico? Like, where's the defense, Colorado? They also gave up 76 points to Duquesne. You, you mentioned the Southern Illinois loss. The, this was at the Paradise Jam. It didn't seem too much of a paradise to me when, when you lose to Southern Illinois, you beat Duquesne in overtime, and you only beat Brown by two points. I mean, Brown only cares about academics. And here they are, nearly beating a Colorado basketball program. It didn't sound like much of a paradise to me at the Paradise Gym. Tennessee is averaging 82 points per game, which is right there at 38th or so in the country. Poor Colorado. If you can't keep 90 points off the board against, you know, freaking Montana State, Tennessee might score 100. Well, and, you know, I probably shouldn't reveal this. I don't want to burn my sources. But according to my sources, when Rick Barnes contacted Kim English to come to Tennessee two years ago to to take the assistant coaching job at at Tennessee and, and leave Colorado, it is, in fact, true that he walked on glass all the way from Colorado to Knoxville just to get away from that sorry basketball program. He already crawled. Crawled, walked. Any way possible to get to Knoxville and, and get away from Colorado. Colorado was 108th in scoring. 108th. Good luck, Colorado. Good luck. And our mountains are better anyways. Yes. You, you have fake mountains. We, we have God's mountains. That fake snow y'all got in y'all's mountains, that's not even real snow. No. <laughs> uh, did you know that there was over 100 pieces of litter on uh, the Tennessee beautiful roadways. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement. NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. We take pride in Tennessee. We wear our TriStar logo on our hats, on our shirt. We love our beautiful um, state. We take pride in it. We've got the Smoky Mountains. Nashville's beautiful. Knoxville's beautiful. Memphis is beautiful. We take pride in our state. Well, Take pride in it so much. Let's keep it beautiful. Let's stop the littering. Hey, even if you didn't do it, pick some up if you see it. Take pride in your state. This is Tennessee. NobodyTrashesTennessee.com. Join the movement. Keep Tennessee beautiful. 865 Let me check out the text box this morning. <laughs> Big Willie Style says, I'm in Cali and can't get the Pac-12 network. <laughs> wow. That is that is something right there. Hey, Big Willie Style, man, when you when you come back to the to the to the to the to the East Coast, going to a Tennessee basketball game. Why? So he can get you to miss the final two minutes of the game? Because you gotta go pee. Yeah. I'll be more prepared this this time. See what you gotta do, you gotta go pee at halftime. The lines are way too long at halftime. Okay, but would you rather sit in the lines at halftime or would you rather miss the final two minutes of a close basketball game? I mean, I knew the outcome already, so. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. We was losing. By two. I had to pee, man. That's why they have technology. You can go back and rewind it. Well, as big as those cups are that that the beers come in, you just could have used that. Man, I know. I thought about it, but, you know, I ain't going to get arrested for indecent exposure. And I didn't want to make anybody jealous. Vaudeville says, um, Tennessee Prime was a really great idea. Thank you for that. Appreciate that, Vaudeville. Man, uh, we will be back next year. So We will? Absolutely. You didn't hear the news? No. I'm telling you the news. Tennessee Prime will be back next year. Uh, it, was more ex- it was more or less uh, experimental this first year. But it was a huge success, and the, re- the response has been great. And our sponsors are super, super happy, and, and they want to run it back. So we're going to run it back and make it even uh, better. Does that mean Cade's coming back? 
Nah, man. Nope. Cade will not be on Prime next year. Huh. Unless, Why not? Unless it's like a guest appearance from his NFL team. He's not coming back. He's not coming back. Oh, yeah, spe- speaking of that. We, we talked a little bit about Hendon and you know him having a decision to make. And it's not a really easy decision like some people may think it is. It's not. It's a hard decision because – you know, he plays an offense that's not necessarily known for the development of, of NFL players. It's offense that's successful. It's offense that has produced wins. But it's not an offense where you can point to and go, hey, man, these guys will prepare you for the NFL. And so that is the question that Josh Heupel has to answer. He has to answer that question. He has to answer that question. Just because you put up points, just because you're scoring – and, and winning does not mean that the, the NFL scout wants you. Your personal game has to translate to what they want to do. And we've seen very successful college football players not go play at the league because they didn't possess those same qualities. Tim Tebow. Um, you know, the Eric Crouches of the world. Like the, the Nick Marshalls. We've seen great college players not be able to play at at the next level. So that's a question that Hendon has to, to answer. You know, if he you know if he comes if he comes back, will your offensive line be able to protect you? So that way you can throw it from the pocket and display those 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 skill sets that the NFL is looking for. Receiver wise, who's gonna be back? Like I need I need I need like I need to throw the guys to make me look good. Cedric Tillman. I need more than Cedric Tillman. I need more than Cedric Tillman. Jalen Hyatt will be back. So I need the offensive line. I need I need I need, you know, players around me. So this is not a really easy decision for Hendon. And I wish the decision was made last week, but that's me being selfish as a Tennessee fan. He has to do his homework. And it's a good thing that the players are in the transfer portal don't have to make a decision right now. Because I think those players who are looking at Tennessee, they're looking at Hendon. Because Tennessee can be able to use Hendon as, as a selling point for those players that come in. So that's a big decision that he has to make. With Penn State losing their defensive coordinator and Brent Pride to Virginia Tech as he took over as a head coach, Brent Pry also took the DB coach with him to Virginia Tech. And now Penn State is looking for a coordinator slash DB coach. You know who is a coordinator slash DB coach who was just at Penn State? Tim Banks. That's Tim Banks. So Tim Banks' name has been floated with the Duke head coaching job. And now that there's a vacancy there at Penn State, what what does Tim Banks do if Penn State comes after him and they put on the full court press? Like what's going to happen there? So that's just something to – to keep an eye on and uh, to to monitor. Um. <laughs> oh man! Fake Tony Basilio says Tony Basilio says Tennessee Prime was his idea. <laughs> oh man, it's hilarious. Evil says we need Coop on every show. Yeah, Cooper's Cooper's great. Uh, Tremel from chat says Sam Bradford. You can't. You can't. Sam Bradford was a long time ago, Tremel. You can use Sam Bradford to go recruit a quarterback, but Sam Bradford was when Heupel was at Oklahoma and Heupel's offense wasn't like what it is right now. You hear um, when Heupel was talking about his time being fired at Oklahoma, he, he called it one of the worst and best times of his career because it it forced him to, to go be better and, and – um, Reinvent himself a little bit. And I remember Oklahoma when Hyper was there. And it wasn't what they're doing right now. It is not what they're doing right now. So, yes, Hyper has developed quarterbacks who are playing in the league. You know, you look at Drew Locke and you look at um, Sam Bradford in the past, but right now, Right now, with this offense that we just saw this past season, 
are NFL scouts going to look at Hendon Hooker's game and go, yeah, yeah, you were put in positions to sh- to be able to show us that everything you did in Tennessee, you can do at, at, at an NFL level. And there's a lot of things that he did at Tennessee that he won't be asked to do at the NFL level because they don't do. So can you get into a huddle? Can you, you know, read off a, a play that is a, as long as a Dr. Seuss book? It is the biggest concern with Josh Heupel's offense and probably the only concern with Josh Heupel's offense. It is. Yep. And, and that is how do you continue to get big-time quarterbacks and, and big-time receivers when what you do does not translate to the NFL? Because th- this system, if, if we're being honest with ourselves, does, does not necessarily prepare guys – for the league as well as maybe other schools. And it doesn't have anything to do with the coaches. It's it's just simply what they're and, – and when I say to do with the coaches, I, I'm talking about like how they – their ability to coach up the players and develop players. It it hurts them in the, in the sense of they're not asked to do a ton. The receivers aren't asked to, to, to run uh, a significant route tree. Dude, there's times when the receivers don't even run routes, like do anything, run routes or block. And so you will never do that in NFL. No, and no. that also applies to the quarterbacks. Like the quarterbacks don't have to make a, a ton of different throws. Like there were throws this year where Hooker was on the opposite hash and Valus or, or Tillman went out for a 10-yard dig and Hooker made a nice throw. Out to out to the sideline and it's like wow that that was, that was a heck of a throw but it was it wasn't because the route was complicated it was just because the ball was on the opposite hash and Hooker was on the opposite hash and the, and the route just happened to be on the opposite side of the field I mean that, those were the most complicated throws difficult throws that Hooker has to make and that does not really translate to the NFL yeah there won't be any any offenses that. That Hendon will play at the NFL level where he looks at the sideline and there's a big old poster of like Daff, Daffy Duck and, and Pluto and that tells you exactly what play to do. Like, that, that don't work that way. You know, you have a, a, it's a headset on inside your ear and you have to write off this long play and give the responsibility of the offensive line, then give the responsibility of the backs and protection, and then give the responsibility of the job uh, of the receivers, what route to run. Like, there's so much stuff. And if you haven't shown that you could do that at the college level, that's going to be a question. Not saying you can't do it, because you can you can go from Texas Tech's offense to Patrick Mahomes and go to the league and do something that you were not asked to do in college. But it still was a question until he was able to answer it. That's that's going to be a question for Hendon. And so I'm pretty sure he's thinking like, what is the true advantage? Because I don't have to answer these questions anyways. It's not going to really much change next year. I'm going to be put in the same positions. I'm going to have to answer these same questions next year. So is it worth for me to stay? No one have to answer the same questions or go now because I'm hot and I don't know if I can duplicate another season like I did you know, this past season because I'm losing all my weapons on the outside. Those are valid questions. Those are valid questions that are being asked probably by by Hendon and will be asked by, you know, pro scouts. These are valid questions. And we have to, you know, see it to get the answers. Hendon's going to have to prove it. Hypo's going to have to prove it. He's only been here one year. Offense was great. Compared to last year. But the next hurdle for Heupel in terms of recruiting is not just being awesome as a person and being nice and being real and and, and having fun and winning games. Players want to know, can you help me get to the next level? And that's the other side of of recruiting that's so difficult in this conference. If you want to have long-term success on the recruiting trail. Let's get to uh, Tramiel. Tramiel, good morning. What up, what up, brothers? How y'all doing? What's up, what's up? 
Yeah, so that's a crazy coincidence, uh, uh, the Sam Bradford thing that I was talking about. Uh, we were talking about a quarterback that was great in college and then didn't really do much in the league is what we were talking about and why I said Sam Bradford. I forgot Hyper was even there at the time. That's crazy. Yeah, he, he, he coached Sam Bradford up there at Oklahoma. It was a totally yeah, different I know, offense I, I, than it is now. Right, but I'm saying I wouldn't when I when I said Sam Bradford, I was talking about when you were saying that a quarterback that was great in college don't translate to the NFL and I was just speaking on Sam Bradford and the mm-hmm. crazy coincidence is that Hyper was there at the time too. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. But anyway, man, uh with the with this offense, I mean, I guess the only position that wouldn't be able to translate is quarterback. I mean, receivers are still running routes, and running backs are still finding holes, and uh, you know, linemen are blocking. No, Tremel, every position got to answer got to answer that question. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I mean, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the easier translation to the to the the lead. Uh, when you think when you say quarterback playing in this type of system will be even greater than the other positions that's on offense. I mean, I know that's questions to be Yeah, asked, yeah. I mean, quarterback is, like uh, yeah, quarterback is is going to be superior to all of them, no doubt about okay. it. But but right. every position in Hypo's offense will be under the microscope, and questions will be asked, can right. you do what you did at college at the NFL? Because, you know, we were able to capitalize on offense because we got defenses tired. So, yeah, yeah. Cedric Tillman, um, who had a great year. Don't get me wrong. It was awesome. That one touchdown against Alabama, that was because of the tempo. Are you – how many battles can you win like that when you break in the huddle and you're trotting up to the line of scrimmage and there's about, you know, 15 seconds on the play clock and you're not relying on tempo and, the, the you know, the fatigue of the a guy across from you. It's about you just winning the battle. That's what it's more like at the next level. Same thing with the offensive line. Same thing with the offensive line. Like, you go up against Jordan Davis, and, yeah, you, you got him tired against Jordan. You got, you got him tired, and, and that was a big part of um, neutralizing him. But can you beat him when y'all have the same amount of rest in between plays? And it's, it's, it's normal for defensive linemen to get that rest because in the NFL, everyone runs – no one runs an up-tempo uh, offense like – we saw with Chip Kelly. So are you going to win those battles? Those are questions that anyone on this offense will have to answer. Running back position, tight end, you know, quarterback, receiver. Everyone's going to have to answer that for sure. Um, that's going to be with interviews. That's going to be with individual workouts, pro day, combine, you know, watching film. And the senior bowl is going to be so important, so important for Bayless Jones. So important. Because he's going to have to run a real route tree, which he did at USC, but maybe didn't do much of it, you know, in comparison to USC when he was at Tennessee. But he has the opportunity to to answer a lot of questions about, all right, are y'all preparing dudes for the league? And if Vela Jones is able to show out at Senior Bowl, this is going to bowl well for Heupel and, and Cody Burns because that's the question. That's going to be the question in recruiting circles. That's going to be the question – um, and, you know, college football is can they get dudes to the league and prepare them for the next level? Okay. Um, so with the route tree, with the receivers, are they, I mean, are they not running? I mean, I know they're not running all the routes, you know, but they're running a good bit of them, would you say? Like maybe, I mean, that's what, nine? Nine routes in the tree, right? I mean, they, they're, not, they're not running NFL route tree. From yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah I, I know. I'm, I'm not, I'm not arguing against, but you know, I'm just trying to get a, a more in depth because I mean, you, you've been there, you know. What mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get a more in depth look on like how, you know, what I'm saying how they look at the, you know, uh, and you know, I guess how they, uh, you know, grade people for what they do, how the running backs run, this and that, and the third. Just trying to get a little in depth on how to how to uh, you know the scouts them kind of what because I'm sure it's completely different when you went through it. You know what I'm saying? The league has changed a little bit, uh, well, a lot actually. Yeah, changes uh, every day. So I don't know. But the, I got the answer for it because I, I know what you're asking. You can you cannot run a bunch of dig routes 
in college because maybe it's not in your offense or a bunch of comeback routes because it's not in your offense, not what you do. But NFL scouts can say, you know what, we we think he can do it here. We think we can teach him and he'll be okay. And this is what okay, you have. So about- yeah, and this is and this is what you have to show them. You have to show mm-hmm. them great change of direction because if you show great change of direction and you change, you know, you show them that you have the, the top end speed to separate. You you show them that you have the ability to separate with your agility, and you catch the ball with your hands and and you know you have great ball skills. NFL receiver coaches will say, Psh, "I'll I'll take that and I'll have him running everything." <laughs> That's how they right. look at that. That's how I looked at D, you know DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf couldn't stop, but they said, right. Psh, "Yo, the dude's six. He yeah, he's six thirty six four two thirty, and the boy can run, <laughs> and we gonna teach him." We gonna teach them how to be a better receiver, and so right. if you if you can't stop, like if you can run straight in a straight line, but you can't stop, and you play in this offense, and you have five hundred yards off of slant routes and go routes, and you know it's all scheme, but you can't stop, you're gonna have a problem. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have a problem the next level. You're gonna have a problem in the evaluation phase right. because yeah. it's it is about stopping and, and starting. It is about being able to get out of your cuts fast. That's how you create separation at the next level. You you have to have agility. You cannot not have it and go to the league at wide receiver. It is not possible. Right. Unless you want to be Randy and Moss. You get one part, and, and I guess it all boils down to getting that, that one, that one uh, organization that likes you, right? That's what, that's, that, that's, that's what they say, right? It only takes one organization. So there's, there's questions, Tamel. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. There's, there's questions. And please don't take this conversation as, man, they crapping on the offense. Already happened. They crapping on the offense. Because we've had this conversation before. Already ab- happened. About about the question that this that, that hype was going to have to answer, even before the season started. Like the, the week when he was hired, we had the same conversation. And we're gonna have we're, we're gonna have it now. This is this is what this is what Tennessee is going to be negative recruited on now. So they used, it was, it was sanctions. Oh, they're gonna get hit. Oh, why you want to go there, man? They, you know, irrelevant. We're winning. You won some games. You're showing some development. You're not gonna get hit with any sanctions that's going to hurt you as far as bowl game. So now the opponents will move to the next scheme, and the next scheme is to say, well, they're not gonna develop you to the league. And they can say that as long as there's no proof. And Valus Jones has an opportunity to provide some proof. Questions doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means it's not an answer. I'll repeat that. Just because there's a question doesn't mean you can't do it. It just means that you haven't done it and there's not an answer. So it's not about Oh, man, this is easy. They crapped on the offense. No, dude, the offense was awesome. The offense produced results. But stats don't mean that the NFL is going to just want you. You can catch 10 balls a game on quick, quick bubble screens. That don't mean you can catch the ball down the field and, and do the things in the NFL that a team wants you to do at wide receiver. So stats doesn't tell the entire story. Swain event, be right back. For what is coming up on the Swain event. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. 
Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit, you get confused, you don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question, you may ask? For what? Alright, it's time for For What here in the program. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. And uh, Ben, I know you have a good one. Yes, yes, yes. Obviously, Antonio Brown gets it for what? But we talked about him earlier in the show, so I will not mention him again. The Oklahoma City Thunder, they get it for what? How do you lose to a team by 73 points? And that team didn't even have their best player. John Morant did not play last night. And you lose by 73 points? You are a professional basketball team? You got to change your name if you're Thunder. You got to be, like, sprinkled. Would Tennessee have lost by 73 if they played the Grizzlies last night? I honestly don't think that they would have. Not by 73. Not by 73. Probably by 40. Yeah, 40, 50, 60. Mm, not by 73. Not by 73. Not by 73. No. Uh, but I want to ask you if this gets a for what today. And that is the Arkansas Pine Bluff head coach. Calling a timeout on Wednesday night to make his players run baseline to baseline in the middle of a game against Iowa State. Does the Arkansas Pine Bluff head coach get a for what for doing this? Making his players run baseline to baseline during a timeout against Iowa State. I mean, to me, it gets out of boy, but... <laughs> I understand why some folks are like, man, don't show the players up right there. I mean, it's not like he showed up one player and, you know, called him out of his name and embarrassed one player in front of everybody. I mean, it was it was a team. And um, I didn't have a problem with it. I actually liked it. I I didn't think it was egregious like Twitter was – like some on Twitter were making it out to be. But I I thought it was both funny – 
and I also had the serious thought of, okay, maybe you make them do this at practice and not during the game. But I'm I'm not over here like trying to make the coach seem like the worst person on the planet. Yeah. I mean, it was just one one little gasser. I thought it was funny. It wasn't even that bad. There, there, look, there's, there's been times in the past where I've wanted to see Tennessee players run run gassers in the middle of a game. Football, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. There, there's been football players that I'd love to see uh, roll all the way from one end zone to the other other end zone during the game. During like, the game, yeah, 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 yeah. So there, there were several players on the on the sideline laughing when they were losing to Vandy a couple of years ago that I would have loved to oh, have seen run in the middle of that game. I know, I know. Oh man, uh, Walkman <laughs> says, "Good grief, guys! Please hush." WTH, we are in the middle of recruiting, and you experts are saying Hypo's offense won't prepare our guys to the next level. Walk, man. That's not what we did. I need you to listen. There's a there's questions. There's a question that Josh Hypo has to answer. I did not say that the offense won't do it. I said he has to prove that he can do it. He's only been here one year. Mr. Waltman, the reason why we are saying this because I think we have a little bit of an understanding of what other schools are saying to recruits to negative recruit them. I think we would know. That's the next thing that Hypo has to get over. He has to be able to show that. This is not a secret, Waltman. It's not a secret. So when we're talking about Hendon's decision, these are things that factor into Hendon's decision. This is why you have players who are four and five stars who don't just go to Georgia and Alabama because they go to other schools for different reasons. They go to other schools because the development may be better. The playing time may be Easy to get. Everyone has different reasons for why they pick schools. This was a question the first day he was hired. It's a question now. Because last time I checked, the NFL draft has not come and gone. That doesn't mean he can't do it. That just means it's a question, Walt Man. See how that works? So we will be lying if we said he can or can't right now, it would be a lie. If we said, man, why would you not want to play in this offense because you're going to be developed to play the next level? That would be a lie because there's not enough evidence to prove that. And that's just being fair. That's just keeping it real. And it would be a lie to say, you want to come here because – you can't be developed to go to the NFL because that's a lot. What I continuously said last segment was there is a question that he has to answer. And we won't know that answer until NFL draft, senior bowl practices, this next upcoming season, Next NFL draft, what Valus does as a rookie. Like, we're not going to know these answers right now. This is going to be another 12, 14, 36-month deal. We didn't know about Emmanuel Mosley's development until he got to the 49ers. It's like a year and a half after he, he got there. When he's heading, heading into his second season, we're like, dang, okay. Damn. Second season. Shaw Tuttle didn't get drafted. Ain't got, I guess he got some coaching. Because he's been a starter with the Saints the whole time. So you don't get that answer right now. I hope that, I hope that makes sense, Walt, man. You really think I'm going to sit here and hurt our chances to recruit? Really? I didn't even, we didn't even say that. See, I need you to listen. I need you to listen, Walt, man. Just listen, man. 
Just listen. 865-255-03. Look at the two uh, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Good morning, individuals. Good morning. Great weekend. Man, I hope you I do, do too. That. Well, you can't ask questions about somebody thinking you're negative, I swear. Man. I mean, you know, when you get the age that I am and been coached a little bit, been, seen, been there, done that, seen that, you ask questions that you've seen that you just want to know, uh, you know, how this will affect uh, because you care about the program, then you're negative. But I know it's just ask the question. We want it better. We like to see everybody succeed. But, you know, I do have a, 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 a something I want you to look at. Uh, Dobbs. Dobbs. How 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 well was he prepared, and and, and how would you rate him? We just have one year to look at hidden Hendon, but how would you rate his play with Dobbs' play, and how is it affecting Dobbs in the NFL now? Of course, I know a lot of the answers, but I I want you to. Compare the two on that regard as far as that goes. And you're talking about uh, uh, Jones. So he transferred from from uh, uh, USC. Mm-hmm. Well, he had some good coaching out there, I'm sure. Yeah, they ran a they ran a pro they ran a pro spread. Yeah, exactly. So, but a good example of of some uh, of what we run, I guess, maybe not fast up tempo as, as it is, but is. Uh, is uh, John Jennings. Uh, he was, you know, through the program, even though it's not apples, but it was... Uh, oh, that's a good bark. Yeah. All right, Turkey Man. Uh, <laughs> dude, I've been there, man. I've been on the phone, like, trying to conduct meetings, and, like, someone walked past the, you know, front door, and Ace goes goes crazy. I'm like, oh, my bad, sorry. Um, my dog would never judge. Judge has never, will never. Preparing <laughs> Dobbs. Dobbs was not prepared the way he should have been prepared because Dobbs did not go through summers throwing like quarterbacks. Every quarterback before him did. You know, doing one-on-one, seven-on-seven during the summer. I mean, those are valuable reps that help you develop chemistry with your receivers and running backs and and, and, and tight ends. And Dobbs wasn't allowed to really do that. So that, that hurt his development. But in terms of, like, the system, I think the system probably prepared Dobbs more than, you know, on the outside looking in. Than a up tempo, fast, you know, type of system. But really, at the end of the day, it's about your accuracy. It's about an understanding of what you're seeing and, and being able to read the progressions and go through them quick and um, being a leader and all those good things. And, you know, Hendon, Hendon certainly do that. But he's going to answer, here's the word again questions about, all right. What the success of the offense was it more the coach or was it more you? He's gonna answer those questions, and we know the product the production went up when he was in there. We know the production went up, so we know that he was a big factor. But you you have to think like an NFL GM, you have to think like an NFL scout, like. Cliff Kingsbury was like, all right, man, we're going to tailor a lot to what you do well, Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray was the first overall pick. They're not doing that with Hendon. Not yet. Not yet. So every player that enters the league, they're looking for reasons not to draft you. You ever look at a NFL profile on a player that's always more negative than positive? Like, even when you thought a prospect was, like, perfect, you see a bunch of negative stuff because they're looking for every reason not to draft you. And if they have a list of 10 guys and they try to poke holes in 
as many of those guys as possible. And the guy that has the least amount of, you know, negative remarks are the guys that get narrowed down to from 10 to 5, to, from 5 to 3, and then boom, based on needs and how they feel, that, that guy's selected. But I'm just telling you about the process because I've been through it. They're looking for reasons not to draft you. If you give them enough reason, they won't. Jason Furnaburro, if you can play, you can play. The NFL will find you. The system um, you play in can raise questions, but you answer those in the combine and senior bowl. There you go, Jason. There you go. There you go. And Bayless has a chance to answer those. And Hendon, if he decides to leave, he'll have, he'll have to answer those at the combine. And maybe if he leaves, he'll still have a chance to go to the senior bowl. I don't know. But, Jason, you nailed it. Perfectly said, Jason. That's right. If you can play, they will find you. But you do have to answer those questions. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Ben McKee, Jason Swain on a beautiful Friday. It is beautiful outside, Ben. It's going to be 70 degrees outside. And it's beautiful because it's my mother's birthday. Is she in Knoxville? Nope. Does she control the weather in Knoxville from all the way from Huntsville? Nope. You're supposed to say yes. Yes. <laughs> Wait a bit. Be right back. <laughs> 